You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. Chiefs, Eagles. A little less than two weeks from now, Arizona. It's a date. It's a Super Bowl date. The number one seeds from each conference, AFC, NFC, heavyweights, get the bye, take advantage of the bye, get a little bit healthier than everybody else, storm through the playoffs, one much easier than the other. They end up in the Super Bowl, and we're going to be there. See, we have a big announcement coming up tomorrow here on uh, ESPN Radio 94.1. Three o'clock, there's going to be a big announcement. I can't say anything about the big announcement other than it's going to be at three o'clock tomorrow. So if you want... The big announcement, 3 o'clock. Hey, did you t- see my TikTok? 3 o'clock tomorrow. It will not be on TikTok. Uh, it'll be right here on, on the show. Uh, but that's at 3 o'clock tomorrow. In the meantime, I can give you a different little side piece of news. The Tim Donnelly Show is going to be in Arizona at Radio Row at the Super Bowl all of next week. So all of the movers and the shakers, the biggest celebrities, the the people that know these two teams intimately, we're going to be doing our best to get as many of them on the show for you. We will be broadcasting from Arizona Radio Row next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, and we have some some cool things associated with that, some, some cool opportunities for you, for us, for everybody. It's going to be a party. I've heard it's a dry heat. I might even wear shorts. But Chiefs, Eagles, and the Tim Donnelly Show in Arizona starting next week. We'll be at Media Day. We'll be doing all that sort of thing. So it's going to be a really fun time, and we're going to do our best to bring back and send back the best content possible. What is it, a two-hour delay? Two hours. No change for you. We'll just go on to make – we'll be on three to six on the East Coast. Now, what game are we going to be talking about out there? 757-687-9494. 757-687-9494. When you hear Chiefs-Eagles, first reactions, gut reactions, right? It's a reaction Monday, so you can react to the AFC and NFC championship games on our call and text lines, 757-687-9494. But also, like, word association. What, what are the first things that pop into your head when I say Kansas City Chiefs against the Philadelphia Eagles in Arizona for the Super Bowl? And don't say, like, you know, Rihanna halftime, because... I mean, she's going to put on a show, but we're talking about the game right now. Don't start umbrella. We don't need to do all that. Ella, Ella. I knew that was the song you were going to pick. I just knew it. I mean, there's a few I can't go to. Bleep better have my money. There's a, there's quite, quite a few that I can't, I'm trying to think of, uh, like, uh, ways to to censor certain Rihanna shows songs but I don't I don't I don't want to trust myself to do that and then the wrong word slips out uh that's okay thank you Chiefs Eagles in Arizona the game first reactions I want to get ahead of this even if Jalen Hurts wins he doesn't pass Mahomes so if that was your first reaction we're not going to go there and if and if others go there we'll appropriately bring them back to this side of sanity but for right now I don't care if the Eagles win Jalen Hurts doesn't pass Mahomes in the game uh, I think what a lot of people immediately go to is the Andy Reid Bowl, right? This is Andy Reid with the Chiefs up against the Eagles, which for a long time were, simul- uh, were, were synonymous. I almost said simultaneous. Were synonymous with Andy Reid also. Here's Andy Reid on looking forward to facing Philly. 
But I had a great time there. So, uh, 14 years, a long time, huh? And um, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for the city. They're passionate. They love football. I, mean, I can't wait till Kansas City and Philly clash. It's gonna be. It's gonna be awesome, man. I mean, what a great, what a great Super Bowl will be. See, here's the thing with with Reed. This is why I think the 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 Andy Reed Bowl is interesting. I don't think he left Philly on bad terms. I think they're like, like when Andy Reed has success, a lot of Philadelphia thinks, well, if it couldn't be us, right? And I think there's a lot of that in this matchup. If it couldn't be us, I'd love for it to be them, right? Uh, Jason Kelsey tweeted out yesterday, last night, well, rooting for the Chiefs is officially over. Up to this point, he was rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs because his brother's on the team. And I think there's a lot of Philadelphia diehard fans that are like, well, I normally root for the Eagles and Andy Reid, but now I can't do that anymore. Right now, that's that, it's, it's us, not them, but it's still going to feel weird. Think like if you're used to rooting for a team, you're not as angry with them. Right? Think about like your, your fantasy player playing against your favorite team. Well, I mean, I still want him to have a good game, right? That's kind of what these two teams are like. There's a lot there's a lot of of friendships across these lines for a team from Kansas City that's in the AFC and a team from Philadelphia that's in the NFC. And then on top of that, they are I believe extremely well liked. I know that everyone's going to say there's naysayers, right? Philadelphia, I mean, I'm already being accused on the the, the text line today that all media hates Philly. I I think actually two of these teams are super, super well-liked. I think Jalen Hurts' story makes him one of the more likable guys to kind of vault into this, this tier of quarterbacking in a while. Right, he's the only quarterback that is national champion from Alabama that somehow also is like the little engine that could. That doesn't happen. Brian McFadden talking about Super Bowl Fifty Eight, and and he believes it's all about the QBs. Let's look at the quarterbacks in this matchup. Mm. Remember, these two guys clearly were the best quarterbacks in the National Football League, basically one and two in regards to the MVP conversation. And, of course, Pat Mahomes, clearly he's looking like he's going to win that award based on how he finished the season and, of course, the injury to Jalen Hurts. Both quarterbacks really played outstanding football. And one would say uh, Jalen Hurts exceeded the expectations with the big jump he made this year alone. So when you talk about the storyline, within the storyline I'm looking at the quarterback matchup in this matchup in this Super Bowl two outstanding prolific quarterbacks two different styles but the obvious is they're extremely productive all about the QBs I think it's about the QBs in this this respect it's about the defenses and what they can do to the quarterbacks right Patrick Mahomes has shown many, many, many times, like no matter what you do, he's just going to keep working to overcome it. But that's not to say you can't affect his play. Go back to the last Super Bowl he was in against Tampa Bay. Part of it was because their offensive line was very, very broken down. But Patrick Mahomes is running for his life. Made a couple plays that that the world still talks about that were incompletions because he's such an impressive thrower of the football, right? Thro- falling down, slinging it, sidearm hitting running backs in in the face mask 20 yards away uh, on the goal line, drops, right? So it's just a fancy incompletion, right? Nothing but a 400-foot foul ball. But what can the Philadelphia Eagles do to make his job more difficult? And the same is true on the other side. 
If I'm if I'm playing Philly, I want Jalen Hurts to have to beat me throwing volume through the air. Right? Smash mouth football is what Philly wants to do. So can the Eagles take that away by either getting to him in the, with the pass rush or locking up his receivers in the secondary, neither of which are easy to do. And And I mean, if your first reaction is it's about the quarterbacks, then your first reaction should be two weeks for these defenses. You better pick the right game plan. These two guys are good, really good. Now, I have an opinion on which one is better, but that doesn't mean they're both not really good. So, so you know, the better a quarterback is, the harder it is for a defense to get them off rhythm or make them play poorly. Which defense can do it? Make it happen, right? That's the challenge. Let's go to the text line on your first initial gut reactions, right? There's there's that moment where you're watching the 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 later game, right? The the Bengals Chiefs game, and it finishes, and you run through all the refs, you run through all Mahomes, and then you get to Chiefs Eagles. What's your first reaction when you finally get there? 757-687-9494. Robbie, what's the text line saying? From the 915, my first reaction was it's going to be a defensive battle. Ah, I don't think these these two teams with two weeks won't be able to scheme a few things up. And, and by the way, we haven't even talked about this. Andy Reid called the designed hook and ladder in the AFC championship game. Unlike the first play of the game. It was quick. And it was a terrible pitch from Kelsey, but but it didn't – I mean, it wasn't a turnover, so it's almost like, eh, no harm, no foul. Next time, we'll have someone else pitch it, but but they're going to try something. They have two weeks, and and Sirianni strikes me as somebody that he's going to he's gonna talk himself into something crazy. I think these offenses will be able to make some plays. That's not to say that their defenses aren't very good. I just think in the NFL, if you give both an offense and a defense two weeks – advantage offense because they can scheme up some things that they haven't put on film from jeremy and virginia beach it's the two teams i thought would make it but i don't like how either won. i don't like okay so you don't like how either got got to where they're at um that's fair i mean i also think they're i mean they're the number one seeds right they're the number one seeds they were the best teams in the regular season so they're that does feel good matter of fact i'd say the four teams that were in the conference championship games felt like the four correct teams. Now the two teams playing in the championship feel like the two correct teams. Might I mean, even maybe even a step before that, the divisional round felt like there were a lot of deserving teams there. That doesn't happen in the playoffs very often. Normally there's one team like, oh, what are they doing here? The only fraud was the Vikings. One more. From the 504, a healthy Mahomes is hard to beat. Yep. He's not healthy. Can he get healthy in a week? Can he get healthy in two weeks? That's that's a big question. Both of them. I didn't think Jalen Hurts was true Jalen Hurts. I don't know if it was because, like, why would I risk my shoulder knowing that they don't even have a quarterback, uh, which was literally they didn't have a quarterback for a while. But uh, I want to see both of them 110%. And I know that's not possible, but you know what I mean. If Mahomes can be running his normal, what, like 4-9-40? Not the quickest guy. Uh, and Jalen Hurts can be lowering his shoulder to run people over. That's best case scenario for me. I want to see these two teams at their absolute best. They have two weeks to get healthy. Training staffs, get on it. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. We just had a texter say they didn't like how either team got to the Super Bowl. The Eagles' path, I'd say over the last two months, 
maybe the easiest two months leading up to a Super Bowl we've ever seen in NFL history. How does that affect the Eagles? Coming up next. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1. Sports talk with a side of movie quotes. This is the last ball you got in the bag, Roy. You get this one wet, we're disqualified. I can make it across. Well, then do it. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. First of all, a little update on Brock Purdy. Adam Schefter tweeting out two things back-to-back that uh, are very interesting. First of all, 15 minutes ago, uh, Brock Purdy suffered a torn UCL that will sideline him six months per source. Then like a minute and a half later, uh, Adam Schefter retweeted himself with more information. Brock Purdy is seeking second medical opinions about whether he needs surgery per source. 49ers are recommending surgery, but no decisions yet. Interesting. That just that that right there just shook up the 49ers quarterback race. Six months, July 1st. Six months from right now, right? July 1, essentially. That's not going to disqualify him from being the starter next year. That's probably why the team said just do it and be back in July. And and if Purdy doesn't, and somehow his timeline doesn't match up with the team's timeline. Interesting, right? I mean, this guy, I think we all kind of made the decision about two weeks ago. Starting job is his, barring something crazy. This might just be something crazy. At the very least, I think they're less likely to sign or to trade Trey Lance and, and or you know explore other options there, and maybe more likely to sign Jimmy Garoppolo. Because also remember this. They just played an NFC championship game where they ran out of quarterbacks. I wouldn't be surprised if they start week one next year with eight quarterbacks on the roster. I wouldn't be surprised if they're trading to taste for Taysom Hill because that justifies having a quarterback on the roster one more than you'd think. You just also have to play him at punt protector. Send him down to tackle on kickoffs. Felipe Franks is, I believe, a tight end for the uh, for the Falcons. He also played quarterback at Florida. That guy's going to be on San Francisco next year. They are not going to be in that situation again where they have no quarterbacks. And Brock Purdy, I believe, was the guy that was in line to be the number one. But you start disagreeing with the team and all that kind of stuff. I know, it, yeah, you get to make your own surgery decisions, but if you make your own surgery decisions, you better be 100% when they want you for OTAs. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1. San Francisco at Philly. The Eagles... Leading up to the Super Bowl, right? So the, the the previous six weeks and then the next two leading up to the Super Bowl, this is not an exaggeration. May have just had, and or in the middle of, the easiest eight weeks leading up to the Super Bowl in the history of the NFL. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but I am saying they're going to have to make sure it doesn't affect them. Okay? Going to have to get the heart rate going a few times. Uh, I would say, like, kind of practice hard this week. Here's Jalen Hurts on doing the little things that it takes to win. I think sometimes when you get to this part in the season where things kind of get tight, you know, you, you, you want to make the big plays. You want to make the big plays. But, you know, a lot of this, all of this comes down to the details, the attention to details, um, the football IQ and the fundamentals to do the right things, whether you want to keep the clock running or not, or try, hey, you know, get the ball snapped quickly or 
knowing situational awareness, third and short, uh, fourth and one, or whatever it is. So I know there are a couple of things that I, I probably like to have back on that end, but there are a lot of things that we also did well and executed at a high level on. The little things haven't really mattered in six weeks for the, the Eagles. In a Super Bowl, the little things might be the difference. A Super Bowl against the Chiefs, right? One little check at the line, one little false start, one rushing to the line for a quick snap might be the difference. So I think I, I, I just need, again, it's not the worst thing in the world. If you, you asked me, do you want the easy path or the hard path to the Super Bowl? I'm signing up for the easy path every single time. So, so I'm not saying it's the end of the world, but I am saying you need to be conscious of it. You need to be aware of it. Starting after a win in week 15 over the Bears, so you go back to week 15, the Eagles beat the Bears. Since then, they had three weeks of games, which were we only need to win one, which is low pressure. Lost the first two. Then they ended up beating a team that rested all their good players, started Davis Webb at quarterback, low pressure, right? You need to win a game, but you're up against all the backups, low pressure. Then they played the Giants again to open up their postseason, who looked exhausted and the Eagles were coming off a bye, dominant. Then they beat the Niners, who ran out of quarterbacks, dominant. Now they have a bye week. So that's two more weeks, right? The week leading up to the bye and then the week leading up to the Super Bowl. Two more weeks before playing in the Super Bowl. That's essentially eight weeks since the last time they played a high leverage situation. Now, again, if you gave me that option, I'm choosing it. So I'm not saying the Eagles like should have done. I don't like I don't you play the teams on your on your your schedule. So I don't know. Like, I don't know if they could have said, actually, we'd like a little bit of a tester here. Could we shuffle it up and not play the Niners this week? Like they couldn't have done that. The Eagles are really good. They've taken care of business against the teams on their schedule to get to where they're going. But I do think you need to be aware, hey, we haven't had our our, our blood pressure raising very, very often. I, and and I, like, I want to tell them that, right? If I'm the head coach, I'm calling a team meeting and I am telling them, I would like to make sure you all know that this is going to be more difficult than anything we've done in the last eight weeks. Right? Try to get their attention that way. I, I, like, I might practice them really hard, not, not in Arizona. In Arizona, right, throttle down, get off your feet, try not to take in all the parties, get, get your uh, you know, tickets taken care of early, all that sort of thing. Don't have family calling you Thursday when we play on Sunday saying, hey, can I get six? Don't uh, I need six tickets. Don't do that. But like Wednesday of this week, I might yell at him. Right? The the uh, <laughs> I've told this story before but I'll, but I'll tell it again. Um after my college football career was over, I kind of hung around the program because I was doing radio covering the team, so I was the sideline reporter. And it's funny how as soon as like you you are no longer on the team, all the quote-unquote adults around the program Right, they want to chat with you and kind of let you in on the secrets. I remember talking to a uh, a strength coach, and we were talking about a conditioning run or a punishment run. And right, everybody, every college football player, you can ask them, they have like four, probably, probably one a year, where it's like the hardest conditioning you've ever done in your life, and it's it becomes like of lore. Remember that day where so and so showed up late and we did up downs till till our hands bled. Like everyone has that. And I, somehow we got talking about it and. He called me for missing the line. 
And I'm I'm the type of guy who I might not win the the run. I'm touching the line, right? Because I don't want to be the guy that that didn't touch the line. Uh, so it's like you know, run down, touch the ten, the twenty, the thirty, the forty, right back and forth, touch the line. And and he said, you know, on the tenth one, Donnelly didn't touch the run or didn't touch the line. Do it again. That one didn't count. And I was talking to him after my career is over. I was like, did I really not touch the line? He's like, no. Of course you. I don't even know if you touched the line. We don't watch to see if you touch the line. I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, we decide how many times you guys are going to miss touching the line because we just we're, we're playing mind games with you, right? We want to say you're going to run five and make you run seventeen and just see if you guys are still working hard. I would do all kinds of mind games like that with Philly this week. I'd yell at him. Oh, the, the film sessions would be brutal. Yeah, you won thirty-one to seven, right? Yeah, your defense gave up nothing. But you were playing against a fourth-string quarterback or a, or a, a third-string running back. Or let me get this right: it was either a fourth-string quarterback or a third-string quarterback on a bum elbow. So I'm I'm showing them all the film. Every time a receiver's open, I'm I'm yelling at the defense that he shouldn't have been open, and if they had a real quarterback, it would have been a touchdown. They need to get their heart rate up because they haven't done it in two months, or by Super Bowl time, it will will have been two months. Again, not bad, not their fault. Play who's in front of you, but you have to be aware of it and you have to make sure you're comfortable with it. Because the Chiefs, on the other hand, their heart rate was up against Jacksonville. Their heart rate was up against, uh, obviously, this game against Cincy. And all the way up till the end, they were trying to get that number one overall seed. They, they, they did not have the coasting into the finish. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio, 94.1. Uh, we've talked a lot about Kansas City. Talked a lot about Philly. They made it. Talked a little, little about San Francisco because their quarterbacks ran out. Haven't talked much about Cincinnati. What did Cincinnati in? What cost them a repeat trip to the Super Bowl? I'll tell you next. We are talking about the NFL playoffs right now on the Tim Donnelly Show on ESPN Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio, 94.1. I'm going to uh, – this probably isn't a ton of fun for Cincinnati fans, what I'm about to say. The Bengals' offensive line wasn't able to hold up, and that's exactly how it should have gone. I mean, that's exactly how it should work in the NFL. If an NFL team, or if you are an NFL team, if you run an NFL team, and you lose a bunch of your offensive line starters, you shouldn't be able to have all day to throw the ball. You shouldn't be able to run over a defense in the run game. It's it's just, that's how it works. If your quarterback gets hurt, you're not as good of a passing game. If your offensive line gets hurt, you're not going to be as good in the trenches. It is a huge credit to Cincinnati that they reached the AFC championship game after dealing with what they dealt with as far as injuries to the offensive front. But at a certain point, you might run up against a team that's going to take advantage of that. And that's nobody's fault, unless you believe in like guys being injury-prone or not taking care of themselves. You, you, you don't blame anybody for that. Joe Burrow played well when given time. right? Let it come back. He does that. Jamar Chase played well when given the opportunity. That one of the craziest plays on on a, a late down conversion that that we've seen. T Higgins made plays. 
Made himself a lot of money going into a final year of his contract. They're like that. Those guys did what they're supposed to do, but an offensive line that was struggling that much was going to be very difficult to overcome. You look at the running game stats, and you're like, "Wow, they really couldn't run the ball." No, duh. Of course they couldn't run the ball. I've made and I made this point going into the game that their offensive line was going to be in, in trouble. Matter of fact, uh, we did our locks last week. Where it's like, hey, you can't predict everything in an NFL weekend, which I don't know if there's ever been a weekend that proved that more, right? Nobody was out here guessing all of that. Nobody predicted, well, the Niners are going to run out of quarterbacks. There's going to be a a push out of bounds on Patrick Mahomes that decides the game. Like, nobody was predicting everything. But the one thing that I was certain of, the one thing that I called my lock of the week was that Joe Burrow was going to get beaten up. Joe Burrow was going to be running for his life. And that's exactly what happened. And the reason why I said that was because the Chiefs offense, or sorry, the Chiefs defense gets to the quarterback. Now, they don't always get the sack, but they get hits, they get hurries, they get pressures. And the Bengals offensive front was still makeshift put together. Just because they played well in their their divisional round game and found a way to have success there against Buffalo doesn't mean, on a snow game, by the way, which does make it easier because defensive linemen don't have as much traction, just because that happened doesn't mean, right? Doesn't mean that everyone should have forgotten about it. But that seems to be what happened. Everyone went, oh, they played well against Buffalo. Now we don't have to worry about the offensive line. I said, uh-uh. They are 100% going to get Joe Burrow hit a ton. And that's exactly what happened. And hard luck is just hard luck. Right? They were in it at the end. That's impressive in itself. Here's Joe Burrow about the, uh, the goal on their final drive, which obviously... Came up a little bit short. The goal was to go score and, and win the game. That was the plan. You know, we started out strong and then, you know, had a had a penalty or two and, you know, just weren't able to, had a big third down conversion, just weren't able to, you know, convert the, the last couple, last couple plays to, you know, extend that drive. Yeah, we were trying to win the game. It's more difficult than it seems. Guys out there tried hard. They played hard. Didn't happen. And at the end of the day, hard luck is hard luck. Like, every player has been there, right? One of your good players is hurt. Pre-game, you're like, sure, it'd be nice to have him, but we don't. So we're going to be worse now than we were last week when we did have him. I I remember it vividly, right? Certain players, I remember uh, we had a game. We had three captains one year. They were like our three All-Americans. One game, they walked out there, only one was in pads. And I vividly remember watching them walk out for the coin toss going, we are in trouble. Two of them don't have shoulder pads on right now. That's kind of Burrow, right? Burrow's like, sure, it would be nice to have all those guys that protected me so I can find Jamar Chase streaking downfield wide open. But in in the meantime, I guess this is going to hurt. And he had those three bing, bing, bing sacks. You could, you could almost feel uh, Zach Taylor, their coach, going, yeah, we're going to call quick game, aren't we? All that trash talk we did before the game, we probably, we probably wrote a check that our offensive line can't cash, huh? Here's Joe Burrow on the respect at the end of the day. That's what makes football fun. You know, it's all love. And at the end of the day, they know the respect that we have for them. I know the respect that, that they have for us. You know, it's, it's an intense, emotional game. Things like that are going to happen, but I think that's why the game is fun. Yeah, but no, I'm I'm actually fine with it. We talked with uh, Jay Williams earlier, Jay Will from the morning show, 
And, you know, I asked him, is this a lesson learned by Cincy? Will they will they not talk as much trash in the future? And, and he kind of insinuated it should be. Right? He, he talked about one of his uh, memories from playing, playing college ball at Duke where he talked a little trash publicly about North Carolina and it became a thing and bullets and board material. And he's like, yeah, I learned not to do that. I kind of think if I'm if I'm Cincinnati and it's me, right? I'm just a, a group of trash talkers. I remember how it felt to trash talk and lose a game. Then I come out and trash talk and I make sure I don't lose the game next time, right? That's the motivation. But the the hard luck is what makes consistently great teams so impressive. Right? I'm sitting here saying the Bengals should have known it was going to be a rough one. They had a, a banged up offensive line. How do you overcome that? We're looking at the Niners, right? What are the Niners? What was George Kittle supposed to do in the fourth quarter to mount some epic comeback? Look at Brock Purdy and say, I'll be two yards in front of you. Toss me the ball. Hard luck is hard luck. It's just, it's it's bad, right? It's just bad luck. Yet the Chiefs have made it to five consecutive AFC championship games and three of the last four Super Bowls. They've had hard luck. They've had their quarterback get injured in in the postseason. And the Bengals are trying to get there. The Bengals had hard luck. Their, their offensive line got banged up. They made it to the AFC Championship game. Barring rookie years, right? Barring rookie years, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes have made it at least to the AFC Championship game every year they've been in the league. Starting with their second years. They're seven for seven. Five for Mahomes, two for Burrow. That's pretty ridiculous. The fact that the, the the hard luck doesn't catch up with them until they're a win away from the Super Bowl shows how great they've been. Think about Buffalo. Buffalo's had the better team in the AFC, I think, multiple times over the last four or five years. Never made it to a Super Bowl. Have only made it to an AFC championship game once. It's hard, And a lot of it's hard luck. Maybe that says something about the teams that do make it every year. Maybe that says something about the consistent teams and how maybe ahead of the pack they are. Text in that same number, 757-687-9494 with your last thoughts on the AFC and NFC Championship games for today because when we come back, we're going to read your text and we're going to ask, does that do anything for you? Stick around. All day you've been texting the Tim Donnelly Show at 757-687-9494. Now it's time to read those texts and ask, does that do anything for you? On ESPN Radio 94.1. That's right. Does that do anything for you? Brought to you by Newport News Shipbuilding, a division of HII. And Tim, from Larry and Hampton, Brock Purdy getting injured really ruined the NFC Championship game. It's football. Injuries are part of the game. And Mahomes has proven he's still the best quarterback in the game. First things first. Mahomes is the best quarterback in the game. Second thing, second. I, I want to do this without being unfair. But I do think there was an element of the game that was ruined when San Francisco didn't have a quarterback. So if there is a way that we could... Like, I almost want to say the the... Turn the roster size in the NFL. I think right now it's 53 players for an away team. Make it 52 players and five quarterbacks. You have to have five quarterbacks. What's wrong with, like, the last two are going to make nothing, right? They're going to be, you can make them practice squad guys. But have them eligible on game day, all five of them. And if, if 
you know, four get hurt, we still got one. You know what I mean? Uh, I just don't want it to get to the point where nobody you have a, you have a game with no quarterback because it just it ruins it. It does. Um, I'm trying to think like I'm trying to think of another sport where that happens, and I and I can't really I mean, goalie goalie in, in hockey. Yeah, where they always have that weird extra goalie that's like playing for both teams, and he's usually like a school teacher. Uh, maybe that I don't. Uh, but you have to know the playbook. I, th- I I think five quarterbacks necessary must have. It's not like oh we can carry two and bring three other position players. Five quarterbacks. That way, that will never happen again. Tom in Williamsburg texts in. He, he's a Dolphins fan, and he believes that Josh Johnson is the equivalent to Teddy Bridgewater. Mm. I don't want to be mean to Josh Johnson, but Teddy Bridgewater should probably be insulted by that. I agree. Uh, Teddy is is like he was trusted to be a starter in Carolina. You know what I mean? He's, uh, he's average. You, you said it many a times. He is right he's, there. Yeah, he's. If you're better than Teddy Bridgewater, you're good. If you're better than Josh Johnson, you're a third stringer. Like there's 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 a difference there. And Josh Johnson's had a like I'm sure a pretty fun career. I'm sure that guy's got stories. Like he's played everywhere with a whole bunch of different players. I'm sure he's and he should write a book, but I'm not sure he's he's on the level of Teddy. From, to put that to put that nicely. From Greg and Gloucester, everybody on TV is talk is giving Mahomes all the praise for everything that he did in that game, but if I'm not mistaken, if it wasn't for that last penalty, this game would have gone to overtime, and who knows what would have happened then. Yep. Isn't it crazy how the all-time greats are really lucky? Right? Okay, let's let's say there's a, a call that goes against him in this game, so they end up going to overtime. Well, last year they lost by three. Let's say a call goes his way in that game, and hey, they win the game, right? If it, it, it's... Those are always such dangerous conversations. That's what I was talking about with the refs. And this is actually something my my dad's always put in my brain, right? As an athlete, you complain about a call. Well, okay. You're going to go give back the call like that went in your favor in the first quarter? Well, no. Well, then you can't ask for this one now. It's 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 tough. It is it is tough to to think big picture. But yeah, if you're going to go ahead and take away a call that went in his favor this year so he doesn't make the Super Bowl, then I think you have to go back to one of the two years he made it, or three years, three? Nope, two years. He made it to the AFC Championship game and didn't make it to the Super Bowl and say, well, let's give you a call in your favor here. From the 757, what no one seems to be focusing on is Cincinnati's final drive. Burrow goes deep on third and three into double coverage and gets picked off with four minutes left. Get the first down, grind the clock, and don't give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. That's the the how much do you want Joe Burrow to be Joe Burrow? Right? Because what was it, fourth and three earlier, he threw it up into double coverage and Jamar Chase made the play if, you know, 29 yards downfield or whatever it was. And, and if it's like, yeah, right? If you have Steph Curry, there's a lot of plays where you're like, bleed the clock, try to get a good look down in the post. And he dribbles up and doesn't even make it outside the logo before pulling up. You're like, that's a bad shot. But I also want Steph Curry to be Steph Curry. So, fine. Like, probably wasn't a bad decision by Joe Burrow. But if you get Joe Burrow to not make those decisions, you're taking away part of what makes Joe Burrow special. Tim, there was a controversial no-challenge flag flown thrown. No, thrown in the first game. <laughs> yep. And then Andy Reid did it 
threw a challenge flag in the in the very early mm-hmm. in the late game. Do you think those two things had anything to do with each other? Do you think Andy Reid possibly saw that earlier and said, "Okay, I need to throw it just in case"? No, I don't think it's that complicated. I I, th- I don't think it's that complicated. I think I think Andy Reid has someone on staff, maybe a couple, who are up in a booth and they say it down, yes or no. Right? I think it's that. I think it is that simple. I think you have to keep it that simple, right? The more complicated you make that, the more likely you are to mess something up. It has to be that simple. Have someone you trust that is a quick decision maker that has access to all the the replays and they say yes or no and you trust them. You throw it and you're not mad at them if they're wrong. You don't really praise them if they're right. You you just you give me a yes or no. From the 757, I'm not a Chiefs fan or a Bengals fan, but the game was fun to watch. Bad calls happen. It's just kind of part of the game. I love watching Burrow and Mahomes face off either way. What a healthy outlook on life. That texter is today's top shot. If you want to be a top shot, check out Freedom Shooting Center, the premier shooting range and gun store in Hampton Roads. I'm pretty sure the game could have been 0-0 with no completed passes. That fan would have been like, hey, you know what? Those defenses loved watching it. Great game. Ah, A little optimism in your life. Thanks to Robbie for keeping us up and running. Thank you to Jay Will for joining the show earlier today. Jason Williams joined the show. Uh, Jay Williams, you can catch. He was Jason Williams in college. He I, was. I got You're to right. know him at, at right. Duke. Jay Williams was a was a pro thing and a media thing, uh, and that might have been his name all along. But everybody called him Jason Williams in college. Uh, but he joined the show. You can catch it on the podcast page, ESPN Radio ninety four point one. Thank you to everybody that called and texted into the show, and most importantly. Thank you to Larry King Law. If you're ever injured in an accident, give him a call. 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. That's 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. 757 at 6 coming up next. Stick around for that until tomorrow for the Tim Donnelly Show. Have a great night.